What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Ask John Call-In Day. This is an open question and answer session where you can call in and speak to me directly or simply listen live on the audio page on the webpage. If you've called in and have questions, press 1 to raise your hand. If you're listening on the audio player on the webpage, you'll see a box where you can type in questions. Feel free to enter your questions there as well. These sessions are all about you, and this is your opportunity to call in and speak to me live, and let me work with you to help you solve your weight loss problems forever. So if you've got something you want to talk about, please give us a call. Hi, everybody. Okay, cool. So uh, last class, we talked about how to use exercise, not, not as a calorie-burning tool uh, per, uh, per se, or not at all really, but, but specifically how to use exercise to get your body to want to be thin for survival reasons. And in order to do that, as we talked about in the last class, you don't have to do that for 40 minutes a day, seven days a week. You just have to do it uh, really a couple of seconds of the right type uh, uh, done a couple of times a week will get your body to want to be thinner for survival reasons. It's not about calories. It's about changing your body uh, from a hormonal perspective. And I want to talk a little bit about a little bit more about this. And also, yeah, if you want to talk to me, call in, press one. Also, uh, Nadia is here and I'll take her in a minute and, and answer some questions that you might have. But I want to talk a little bit more about this concept of your body's set point and shifting your body's set point. Because I talk all the time about uh, the way to lose weight and keep it off is to get your body to want to be thin. And some people understand that and some people don't. But when I talk in terms of set point, a lot of people have, ter- have heard the concept or the theory of your body's set point. And it's really the same thing. When I say get your body to want to be thin, what I'm saying is shift your set point. And that is the ideal weight, the weight your body wants to be shifted toward lower. That's what we're doing. We're shifting our body's set point. So this set point, let's just talk about this for a second. Uh, and then I'll take, I'll take any questions that you have uh, about not only about the last class, but anything, anything that, that's happened over the last couple of weeks. But, but your body's set point is the ideal weight your body wants to be. Uh, and many people have experienced this. Let's, let's say it's 180 pounds, for example. And we did talk a little bit about this in the last class. So if your set point's 180 and you go on a diet and you force yourself to lose weight through restriction and all that kind of stuff, uh, you, might get your, you might get your weight down to 170, but then a whole bunch of things happen to force your body back up to your set point of 180. You're going to become hungrier. Uh, you're going to become tired and lethargic. You're going to crave junk food. Uh, your body's going to become very efficient at, burning fat, or at storing fat until you get back up to 180. If for whatever reason your body goes above your set point, say it goes to 190 or 200, a bunch of things, you're just not going to be that hungry anymore. 
right? You're going to lose weight. Now, some people, most people think that your set point's written in stone, but it's not. It's, it's a program. It's a survival program. And, uh, and there's, there's a, a concept in, in human biology that relates to stress. It's called the general adaptation syndrome. And what it says is that when a stress is applied to a system, the system, which is what your body is, it's a biological system, the system will adapt such as to make the stress less stressful. I'll just repeat that for a second, because this is kind of stay, if you stay with me for a second, uh, it'll be kind of fun when we get to the other side of it. So just stay with me. So if a stress is applied to a system, uh, the system will adapt. It will adapt to make the stress less stressful. A uh, perfect example is if you uh, have pasty white skin because been, it's been winter and you go out uh, and you spend every day in the beach all day, that's a stress to your system. That's too much sun. Now, sunlight is great for you. I believe that, and it's true. Uh, but too much sun is not great for you. Too much sun is a stress. So you're, so you're applying a stress to the system. The system adapts so as to make the stress less stressful. Your skin gets darker so that, so that it's less stressful, less, less harmful ultraviolet rays get in when your skin's darker. So that is a perfect example of a stress applied to your a system and the system adapting so as to make the stress less stressful. Now, if you are, if you if, if if your skin's real dark, and you go uh, to live in some nor some cold climate uh, for long periods of time where there's not much sun, that's a different type of stress. It's also a stress. So that's a stress of not getting enough sun. So we need sun. Uh, it's vitality. It's energy. It gives us vitamin D. We need sun. Uh, if you're in a climate where there's not enough, not a lot of sun and your skin's too dark, uh, that isn't that is a stress. And your body adapts by making your skin lighter. Uh, so that is another example of a stress. But it, the exact opposite stress uh, that's made, that when, and an example of how your body adapts. So, so, the, so the color of your skin, how dark or light it is at any given time, is a function of the stresses of how much sunlight you're exposing it to. And your body will adapt and find the ideal set point skin color to make the stresses less stressful. It will allow uh, the optimal amount of ultraviolet rays in and block out the excess. That is a perfect example of how our bodies adapt to make a stress less stressful and to find an equilibrium set point. Now, your, body was, your body's fat or weight or set point weight is the exact same. It's going to be a function of the stresses in your life and how your body adapts so as to make the stresses less stressful. So if you were living outdoors and there was a famine and it was cold all the time, that's a stress that causes your body to want to get fatter. So your set point is going to shift towards fatter because that will make the stresses of being in a famine and being cold less stressful. If you're living in a warm climate and there's lots to eat and you're being chased by tigers, those are stresses that, that are different stresses, and they're life or death stresses. The tiger one, anyway, is a life or death stress. And if there's plenty of food and it's warm, then all the stresses that cause the fat programs to be on are not on anymore. So your set point shifts toward thinner. And then if you have to run away from a tiger, your set point shifts toward even thinner because, that, because, because it makes the stress less stressful. The stress of running away from a tiger, the stress of being eaten in 30 seconds if you're not really lightning fast, becomes less stressful when you are thin. So what we are doing in this class is we are removing 
these stresses that, that shift your set point towards fatter. We are removing the stresses that make your body say, uh, in order to adapt to the stress, in order to make it less stressful, we need to be fatter. We are removing those stresses. And in reality, those stresses don't make your body. Uh, it's, an, it's a uh, mistaken adaptation anyway, uh, because it's just causing the hormonal signals of a famine, even if it's not a famine. But anyway, we are removing the stresses that shift your set point toward fatter. We are removing the stresses that make your body want to hold on to fat. And, uh, and we are applying stresses. The stress is not all bad. There's good stresses and bad stresses as far as weight. So we are applying stresses to make your body want to be thin. And by doing that, we are systematically, scientifically shifting your set point. And the way to lose weight and keep it off sustainably is to shift your set point. So that's what we're doing. And that's why we find people saying so often, I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm not that, just not that hungry anymore. And the reason is because their set point has shifted and their weight is now above their set point and their, weight, their body has to catch up. This is the way to do it, folks. This is the way for permanent, sustainable weight loss. This is what we're doing in the class. Now, one thing that's important to recognize is that it doesn't always guarantee immediate results. We're, we have a diet mentality. We're so focused that once you're on a program, you better lose that weight right, right away, that 20 or 30 pounds right now, because you're going to gain it back or you're gonna, you, you're gonna, your, you know, your metabolism is going to slow down and you're uh, going to be in a plateau. So you better lose weight quickly or not at all. It's the exact opposite. We have to do the work to shift our set point, and then the weight follows. So if you are feeling frustrated, know that it doesn't always happen immediately. It could take weeks or months, but it's sustainable. This is what it's all about, sustainability. This is permanent, sustainable weight loss. There have been many times where I have had to do things over the last 14 years to shift my set point in the right direction, but I knew that that was the, the right way to do it, to stay the weight that I am, not through diet or restriction. And that's how you end up staying, losing 220 pounds and staying and keeping up for 14 years is because you, you follow the principles of shifting your set point. So always follow the principles of, shift, of shifting your set point. So uh, Janine, just let me know if we have any callers. Uh, send me a, a message and let me know the status, please. And uh, in the meantime, let's bring Nadi in and, uh, and answer some of the questions if we can. Hi, John. Hey, Nadia. Hi. So there are a couple of questions. The first one comes from Rachel, and she says, the emphasis on exercise was put more on the aerobic workout, but not much talk about strength training. And she would like to hear more about that. Yeah. So it, I wouldn't call it aerobic. I would call it sprinting. There's a difference. Uh, aerobic workout, again, if you, ta if, you, if you look at it from the theoretical aspect of shifting your set point, if you were being chased by a tiger, you wouldn't go on a 40-minute cardio walk, right? You'd, it would be th 30 seconds of sprinting, uh, the, you know, life or death, and that's, that's the kind of – that's what we're looking uh, to, to impose. The, the strength training, all you want to do is, is – if you're doing any kind of sprinting at all, whether it's on a stationary bike or an elliptical or a treadmill or walking up a hill – or anything that, that involves lower, bar lower body, that also incorporates lower body strength training. So you don't need to do that. So all you need to do is you've got five major upper body muscle groups. You've got your chest, your shoulders, your sides, which you call your lats, and you've got your arms that have two different types of muscles, your biceps and your triceps. You need to, you need to exercise those uh, to the point where you feel them pumped, uh, to the point where you feel 
that you've that you've that you've uh, uh, done some work in a couple of sets. So so a simple way to do it is over a five to ten minute period, uh, do two sets of some sort of push-ups. You can do this, and, and you can you can do any type of strength training you want, but but one simple one is if you do two sets of push-ups where uh, most people uh, maybe can't do a real you know push-ups without being on your knees, and, and, and in fact, this is how I do it. Uh, you just do just do them on your knees, but you should you should start to feel it like you can only do about eight reps, maybe nine reps, maybe ten reps at the most. Do two sets of that, uh, and then maybe two sets of biceps, and uh, maybe some shoulders, and uh, some uh, two sets of what they call pull downs, which are or work the sides of your muscles. And, uh, and that's, really, uh, that's really it. It'd be good if you did maybe a plank also uh, for your, you know, to, to work your, your core. But that's all you have to do. You, you, and the reason why you need to do strength training, why it's so important to do strength training, uh, and, that's, and, that, and that, that's all you have to do is, is, is for this reason. As we get older, if we do not use our muscles, they atrophy. Uh, they start to break down. They start to become smaller. Uh, muscles that atrophy are insulin resistance insulin resistant. Now we've talked, uh, we've touched on the concept of insulin resistance, which is a really important concept, but insulin is your, insulin is the fat making hormone. And uh, when you have insulin resistance, it means the cells of your body are not listening to insulin, which, which means your body pumps out more insulin, which means you've got more of the fat making hormone uh, in your body, which means you go into fat storage mode and you lose the ability to burn fat. Now muscles that do not get worked out become insulin resistant. Muscles that atrophy become insulin resistant uh, because muscles sh- store sugar. And uh, the purpose of insulin is to let sugar into, into your cells. So if you, if you think of it this way, here's a, here's a visual that will make sense. Uh, if you think of your muscle as a sponge and the water as sugar. So if you don't exercise your muscles, it's like the muscles are, are a sponge full of water. They don't want to soak up any more water. So they become insulin resistant. They're like, they don't listen to insulin because they don't want any more sugar. But when you do just that simple amount of strength training that I just did mention, just enough to break down your muscle fibers, uh, it's like taking that sponge and wringing it out so that it does not have any more water in it or your muscles don't have any more sugar in it, and then your muscles want to suck up sugar. So because your muscles want to suck up sugar, they become sensitive to insulin. It's a really brilliant, simple way to reverse insulin resistance, which then lowers your insulin levels and helps you regain the ability to burn fat. Does that make sense? It does, and it's inspiring me to go and do a workout right now. <laughs> cool. Well, you don't have to do that much. Thanks, just John. enough to create that desired result. I, I'm always looking yeah, for, it, you know, and we're always looking for the best hormonal bang for the buck. You know, what is, and this combination that, I, that I'm ta- talking between the sprinting and the, and the basic strength training is like the perfect hormonal bang for the buck. Yeah, and just the fact that you said you don't have to do too much, that's also very inspiring. Yeah, yeah. I did this, okay, I did so, this exact uh, workout today. I'll just say that. I, I did this oh, exact did workout today. I did, I did some – I actually do – What I, I'll tell you, like, when I do my push-ups, I have something – I have those handles, you know, you can buy them for like $10. They go on the floor, you know, so it's like you're holding yeah. handles. Have you seen those? Yeah. So those handles. Yeah, I have. And I do the push-ups – I do the push-ups two ways. The, the first way I do it is, you, is, is, is if I'm in the dog pose in, in yoga, you know, where you're like making an A between your, your, <clears throat> your hands and your feet. So my feet are on the ground and my hands are on these, these, 
uh, handles and I'm making an A. Do, 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 can you visualize that? Can you, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, you know I can. Saying? Yep. Okay. And, the re- and then I do push-ups that way. And the reason I do that is because that works out your shoulder muscles, which is one of your muscle groups, right? So I so do a set of those. That, you're keeping, yeah. When you're doing that, you're keeping your, your bum up in the air and just your arms are yes. going up and down? Right. Okay. Yes. I got it. Yes. And that's working your shoulder muscles and your tricep muscles, which are, you know, in the back of your arms. Uh, so there you got two muscle groups there. And then I'll, I'll do my, my push-ups, uh, which I actually do. I do them in a very controlled way with, on my knees uh, for about eight sets, eight, eight repetitions. And, I, and, that's, and then I do that twice. Um, and then I have this sort of pull-down machine that I, that I do for kind of like these push-ups that are assisted with my legs um, and some curl and, and two sets of curls. And then I go out and I run up about 20 or 30 yard hill four times visualizing while I'm running, you know, that I'm chasing something or being chased or visualizing like I'm an Olympic sprinter. I got stomach muscles and, uh, and that's, and that's the work I did today. And it was, and I do it in the, I did it in the morning, as I said, you know, uh, like an hour before you eat and, and having not eaten the night before for, you know, since five o'clock the next day. So it's, Picture perfect, exactly what I'm talking about, and it works really well. Nice. And how long did your entire workout take you? Uh, 10, 15 minutes, maybe maybe 20 because I was lazy walking over the hill, but that's the only reason. <laughs> nice. Yep, that sounds yeah. really great. Um, Tracy yeah. is writing in. She's, she's actually wondering about the workout routine that she has right now. She says, yeah. I have been doing uh, hybrid yoga, vinyasa yoga, high intensity, uh-huh. and weight uh-huh. three times a week in a heated environment. Uh-huh. Each section uh-huh. is about 15 minutes and interweaving, uh-huh. so a cardio burst will follow with weights and so forth. I get a lot of joy sounds- and fun out of these yeah. workouts, and I ha- but I haven't lost weight from it in the past. And I also mm-hmm. do yoga once a week in addition to this. I also take leisurely walks most days just to move. Do you think I am creating mm-hmm. chronic stress? I don't know the answer to that question. How many days a week can you write in and just answer this question, or you can call in and we can talk? But how many days a week are you doing this vinyasa slash weight combo? That's a, that's the question I, I'd want to know uh, because okay, you so you I wouldn't want you. Yeah, go ahead. She does say. Um, her wording is, I have been doing a hybrid yoga, vinyasa, high intensity, and weight three times a week in a heated oh, environment. Oh, she said that three times a week. Yeah. No, I think that's yeah. really good. Um, I think that's really good. Uh, the, the, if you want to create a result, though, I don't know if it's a class that you're doing. If you, uh, the way to always create the result when, when, you're, when your exercise routine is not working for you, it's, it's actually uh, paradoxic, what I'm about to say, or ca- counterintuitive. Uh, but you, but if you increase the intensity and decrease the time, uh, that's, that will trick your body more. That'll, you know, so whatever you're doing, doing it, do it harder and faster. Uh, and it's the, and that will, that will work better than the long drawn out type of thing. But the answer to your question of you're overdoing it, I don't know how, how your, how stressful your walks are and how you feel after your walks, you could be overdoing it if you're feeling like worked out or puffed after your walks but if they're just leisurely walks probably not but the biggest indication is how you feel about that workout on monday morning or you know after a week of working out how do you feel about that next workout if you're like dreading it and you're forcing yourself then you are overtraining uh you you know you need to have a really kind of uh uh nonchalant attitude about your workouts and uh that 
you know, or, or enthusiasm, one or the other. But if you've got dread, then you're definitely overtraining. So she says, she just wrote in and said that she feels refreshed. Yeah, you feel refreshed after the workout, but how do you feel going into it is what I'm saying. Do you, regret, do you dread it going into it? If you, if you do, and, and, th- and that may change from time to time. You don't necessarily have to answer that, the que- that question per se right now. I'm just saying that's something that, that's, that will tell you. Your body's going to tell you if you're getting to that overtraining place. But it sounds to me really good. I would just up the intensity and, and, and decrease the duration. I was doing, I was doing Bikram okay. for a while, and I can tell you, I just want to say, I was doing Brick, Bikram yoga for a while. And I can tell you that it was too long, too slow, too hot, too stressful, and it didn't work for me. In the beginning it did, but then it stopped working for me. Uh, I had to stop doing it because I knew, you know, after 15 minutes or 20 minutes, I knew I had nothing and I had to drag on for another, I forget how long they are, 45 minutes or an hour and a half or whatever, but they're just too long. And, uh, and that, that's a problem that, that will get in the way. Yeah, that's, that's so great you're sharing that. It's really helpful to yeah. remind people to listen to what their body's telling them. Yeah, yeah. And how sure. they're feeling. Great. Um, John, Mary has just written in, and she, she has wondering about something. She says, I began with week one very strong. Then I took a trip for a week. Then I had a birthday. And I'm just now starting to catch up on, she's just starting week two. And she's wondering, yeah. shall I drop out or shall I try to catch up? No, this is, this is forever. You know, this isn't, you're not getting an accounting degree here. There's no, like, there's no final exam at the end. And there's no pass or fail. You know, this is, these are principles that you need to apply to your body and to your life for the rest of your life at whatever pace it takes you to incorporate it. Uh, even though we do it over a five-week period, you could spend five, week, five months doing it if you wanted to, you know, really, really do it right. Uh, no matter what you do, you are going to like this concept is a concept to take with you wherever you go, that you need to address the issues that are causing your body to hold on to weight and, uh, and, and get and, and impose other stresses that will shift your set point towards thinner. So take your time. Uh, the members area is available to you forever. Uh, and uh, also the Facebook group is there as support for you also. So, so you, you take as much time as you need to do this uh, and, and, and go at your own pace and just be, try to be as consistent as possible. The best thing to do is to take one habit, such as listening to a visualization first thing in the morning or drinking more water, one habit and, uh, and, make, uh, and do it every day consistently until it becomes a habit and then build on that and then go to the next. And, and it's a great question. I'm glad you asked it because uh, the, the real answer is, you know, you just from doing that, from building one habit at a time, you just go at your own pace and, uh, and cement those habits, and then, and then they're there forever. Great. Thanks, John. I'm so glad you answered that question because I know there's other people that were wondering the same thing. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Okay, so the next question is from Susan, and she says, can we really wait as long as we want between high-intensity bursts? If I'm going yes. for my usual 20-minute yes. walk, can I do one 10 to 15-second burst after five minutes, imagining someone is chasing me, then a second one 10 minutes later and call it a day, then do this three times yes. a week? Yes, 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 yes. The reason is because okay. it's, not about, it's not about keeping your heart in, 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 at, at the desired fat-burning range. That's not what it's about. It's about creating a, a specific hormonal response. And sometimes 
you can create that specific hormonal response when you're more fresh than when you're, than when you're, you know, pushing and pushing and 30 seconds on 30 seconds off kind of thing. Sure. You know, you're going to burn more calories doing 30 seconds on 30 seconds off, but it's not going to necessarily create as good a desired uh, hormonal response. Perfect. Thanks, John. So good questions. Okay, uh, really good questions. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. There's, thanks, everyone, for asking such great questions. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's another question here from uh, Judah. It's switching topics just slightly. Um, the question yeah. is, do I need to take my probiotics, fermented foods, and capsules separately from oil of oregano capsules? If so, what is the timing that will serve hmm. me best? That's a good question, and I'm going to answer, try to answer that, and then I'm also going to ask you, Nadia, what your thoughts are. Because the reason I'm guessing the reason you're asking this is because oil of oregano kills everything. Um, but it mostly, it really, and the reason why I suggested taking it is for people that were worried about having the flu. Uh, it is really, really good at, at killing the flu, but it's also going to kill parasites and unfriendly bacteria. So I would wait an hour or two uh, in between that just so that the oil of oregano doesn't get in there and, and affect the, uh, the friendly bacteria. Um, that being said, it, it may not have as bad an impact. Usually things... That, that are really good at killing unfriendly bacteria and parasites uh, are, are usually not that, uh, that bad on, on the, the good bacteria. But, but what, are your, what are your thoughts on that, Molly? Yeah, my, my thoughts are that because oregano is it's a food, it's a very healthy way of, of killing off the pathogens. It doesn't affect yeah. the friendly bacteria. It keeps everything yeah. intact. That's one of the great things about using food yeah. as medicine is it doesn't yeah. wipe out the stuff that is there <clears throat> to support our body, like the friendly bacteria. So in my mm -hmm. opinion, I don't think you would need to necessarily keep them too far apart, but like you suggested, yeah. doing it an hour apart is, is completely fine. You know, it's not, I don't yeah. think that uh, that would make much of a difference one way or the other. Yeah. Or, or, or oregano is one of the most... From yeah, I'm not speaking from a no. scientific point of view, but this is just my ancient wisdom speaking through me, saying that... Sure. Uh, when you're using food as medicine, it's not there. It's not like an antibiotic, like a pharmaceutical antibiotic that wipes yeah. everything out. And then your body has to replenish right. again. It's actually nourishing right. you that, at the same time. It's helping you to heal. That, that's, that's probably true. And, and oil of oregano is one of the most interesting things I've ever experienced. When I, when you taste it, you know, it's going in and it is killing anything in your body. That's bad. That shouldn't be there. You just feel it. And it is strong as, and, uh, I don't know if it's something you should take every day uh, anyway, but, uh, but uh, taking it a couple of times a week is probably a really good thing to do. What do you, what do you think, Nadia? Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, essential oils are very strong, and they don't, yeah. um, we don't get essential oils just in nature. You can't go and pick essential oils yeah. off the tree just like That's that. True. They are processed from a plant, so they are very, very concentrated. Yeah. So I completely agree with you that, Essential oils are not something that you should be ingesting on a regular basis. And the way I use yeah. something like oil of oregano is simply when I need it. So like we were talking yeah. about the flu lately. So, you know, waking up and feeling those kind of cold and flu symptoms, then I might use oil oregano for a few days for a short period of time. And then I won't use it again. It's not something that I use regularly every day. But what do you think about this? Like just growing oregano, you know, it, in your kitchen or in your backyard and having oregano on a, in your salad on a regular basis. 
Exactly. Can you do That's that? exactly how I would suggest using it. All of those yeah. foods, all oregano, rosemary, thyme, those are all very antibacterial, antimicrobial, antiviral foods. So having those regularly in your diet is fantastic. And if you look back at ancient cuisines, there all of these spices were always used regularly in, you know, Indian curries and a lot of other types of cuisines around the world. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Cool. Great. Um, okay. So the next question is um, from Michelle, and you might remember mm -hmm. she asked a question in our last program about chronic pain and the stress she was having. And I don't have that question in front of me, so I apologize for not being able to refer back to that particular yeah. question. But you had uh -huh. asked her, um, when you were answering the question, you had asked if maybe she could call in today so that you could get a bit yeah. more information. And she wrote in and said that she, um, she's not able to call in, and this is what she wrote. She uh -huh. said, um, she asked regarding chronic pain last week in the chat roll, and John wanted to know more regarding the pain issue. Back yeah. and severe knee problem. She's unable to call in as I am going for an MRI. Also, severe stress due mm -hmm. to my husband's health. He collapsed on Sunday and is home now, but I have had to deal with his stress for 22 years. I am such mm -hmm. an emotional eater. Ate my way through savory biscuits, pizza, etc., but I have not eaten mm -hmm. sugar for over six weeks. I almost feel like giving up. I would appreciate any help. Many thanks. I think you got to focus on the, on the stress and the pain in your life uh, more so than the weight, uh, because the more you're focused on that, the more the weight loss will, will come. Uh, if you just stay focused, if you don't focus on that, your body's going to be fighting you. So, so the more, the, uh, the types of things that you can do for pain um, that, and for stress that work really good are, for example, meridian tapping, as we've talked about a couple of times in the class. And I think we've, uh, uh, made the, uh, the tapping for weight loss uh, documentary film available in the members area. I would, I would love for you to watch that and then start doing a 15 minute, uh, 10 to 15 minutes of tapping in the morning, maybe after your visualization, just explore it and experiment with, with the different things because there's layers and layers of things. There's the pain and it does help for pain. Uh, it's been proven to help for pain. And then there's the stress and it's been proven to help for stress. And then the trauma also. And it, and it works really, really well for all of those things. Uh, or you can have um, a, a tapping expert uh, work with you. But, but if you watch the movie, Tapping for Weight Loss, uh, and it shows you how to do the tapping, I would, I would suggest that you start incorporating that uh, and, and anything else that you can that, that will help you work through the stress and emotional aspects of what's going on. If you can, if you can take that, that part of it off, uh, reduce that part, the stress and the emotional, uh, the physical pain ha has a way of, of easing up then a little bit too. Uh, and it'll give you a chance to, to make some progress. It'll be, you won't be craving the biscuits anymore and all the other things. Uh, so, so, and, and then, you know, you're living in a much better place. So by focusing on your, on your life issues right now, the stresses and the traumas, it will help the weight, uh, just focusing on the weight without focusing on that. You're not going to, uh, you're probably, you're probably going to be in a, in a frustrated place that you are right now. So I would say leave the weight alone. Forget about the weight right now. Focus on the stress and the trauma through this tapping, uh, tapping for weight loss uh, procedure and, uh, and spend some time doing that. And then, and then we can talk again, you know, maybe in a couple of weeks if you want and, uh, and see where you're at. Or, or if you can call in next week, that would be great. 
Perfect. Thanks, John. Okay, sure. Um, Judah is, uh, has a follow-up question about the oil of oregano. She, uh, uh -huh. The question is, I'm using oil of oregano for both Lyme symptom treatment as well as flu prevention. So do I mm -hmm. take one to two capsules four to times a week, or is that too much? I, I, I can't recommend that, that. I don't know the answer to the question, except that my – my feeling is that it's, that it's really, I know it's good for the flu, and I'm guessing it can, it can really help with Lyme. So how much you should take, I think you, you, you might be on, want to be treated by either a naturopath or a functional medicine doctor uh, and get their advice about the quantity and how much you should take. But uh, my guess is that that, that is, could be potentially a really, really good treatment for both. Perfect. Great. Yeah. Um, Rachel is wondering about uh, when is the best time during the day to take a probiotic on an empty stomach before having a meal together with digestive mm -hmm. enzymes? Uh, what do you think? It's a really good question. Uh, and the answer is that um, there's two different schools of thought. So one school of thought is that you should take a probiotic on an empty stomach um, an hour or two before a meal because when you when it's on it's on an empty stomach, the see what happens is the bacteria that are in the probiotic have to get from your stomach to your intestines. So when there's food in your in, in your stomach, the, then the acid gets produced and the acid kills the bacteria. So some people say you want to take it on an empty stomach. Uh, other people say you want to take it with food because the food protects the bacteria from the acid. So, so, and they haven't done enough research that I know of to come up with a conclusive answer. So my answer is do both. Uh, there, you can't overdo it when it comes to bacteria, friendly bacteria. So have it, have it with meals and or um, on an empty stomach. Try different, try different combinations of that. I like to take it with meals. I like to take it when, with also uh, things like uh, fermented veggies like sauerkraut and kimchi. Uh, I think they all complement each other then. They can all kind of travel together because it's a friendly bacteria in that. And uh, I think it helps. I think if they can get it to the intestines, they can help the, the probiotics to get it to the intestines. So I like to take it with meals. Um, whether you take it with digestive enzymes or not, it doesn't matter too much. Uh, but uh, but I, I personally take it with meals, especially with other fermented veggies. Do you have any thoughts on that, Nadia? I, I like to work a lot with the cultured and fermented foods. So I really like yeah. the idea of getting these things in the package of food. And then with the cultured yeah. and fermented food, I eat that in so many different ways, usually as kind of a garnish on the side of, of different meals yeah. that I'm having, um, or just some, uh, sometimes it'll be a snack that I have in between meals. And then when I do take probiotic capsules, which I don't all the time, but when I do, yeah. I tend to vary them. So I'll take... Uh, I'll, I'll take a capsule in the morning with my first glass of water, and then I might take one later in the day with my food. Mm, yeah. And, th and the truth is that, like, as I'm, as I'm studying more and more and learning, we're all learning more about uh, our intestines and probiotics. And the, the fermented foods are, are probably oftentimes a better source of probiotics, uh, friendly bacteria, than the probiotics. Because you know that it has live bacteria. So with probiotics, you, know, you, read the, you read the package and it's got 12 different bacteria in it and everything looks great on paper. And the question is, 
what's the state of those bacteria when they're, you know, they could be dead at that point or they could be, they could die in your stomach. There's, you don't know, you just don't know the state of them, but, but with fermented food, it's active, it's, it's happening. So living a, a life where there's lots and lots of different variations of fermented foods in your diet is a, is a really the, is the best way to go. Yeah, that's exactly what I think too. Yeah. And, you know, we yeah. recommend people when they buy a probiotic capsule to look for one that has many different strains of probiotics. And yeah. that's what you'll get yeah. if you're eating a variety yeah. of probiotic-rich foods. Yeah, yeah. So you just, you know, for me, I just, you just want to try as many different ways as possible because it's just so crucial. So I do, I, I do all of them. I do take probiotics. I do have lots of different fermented foods. Sometimes I'll just make a salad of sauerkraut, kimchi, uh, and a couple other fermented veggies. And, uh, there's, I found this uh, sauce at Whole Foods called sriracha, which is a kimchi sauce, uh, which, is, which is really, really nice. I put that on it, and I put some sprouts on it, and, uh, and I just know that I'm getting And then I'll put some nutritional yeast on it. And I know I'm getting, just, I'm getting wow. a lot of different you know, friendly bacteria when I do that. And I feel good afterwards, i got to say. I feel really, really good. And that doesn't mean that that's that all you so eat, nice. right? Because, yeah, that doesn't mean that that's all you eat, right? Because uh, it's, it's, to me, it's the concept of food is medicine. So you want pizza after that, have the pizza afterwards, right? But, uh, but eat the food as medicine and then see where you're at. Chances are you're not going to want the pizza afterwards. Uh, you, you might want something else, but what you're going to want is going to be much healthier. Yeah, nice. Perfect. John, is that sriracha sauce, is that also probiotic rich? Is it yeah, it's a cultured rich. sauce. It's, it's a cultured, it's a cultured sauce that uh, is a, it's like kimchi, but it's it's got it's like it's like a thick paste, uh, like a chili, tomatoey, oniony, garlicky paste that you squirt on like a mustard, you know, only you know red, reddish, greenish colored mustard. Oh, uh, that, so that's good. spicy. And fermented, yeah. And I put it on that. I put on all my salads now. Typical salad for me now is going to be, yeah. Go ahead. I was just going to say that um, really reminds me of how we used to do things generations ago, where way back when all of the condiments like ketchup, mustard, relish, all of those things were were fermented fermented. way back when. Yeah, they were the real deal. Yeah, exactly. They're not anymore, especially especially ketchup and relish. It's just sugar now. <clears throat> it's a shame, but uh, they used to be really healthy. But I was going to say, a, t- a typical salad for me now is going to be going to take a lot of different uh, um, organic greens. And right now we've got spinach. I- I'm staying with my in-laws, and they've got he's, they've got a farm, and he's been growing this amazing spinach, this organic spinach. So it's got all this. It's just so healthy. He's he really really nurtures the soil uh, over months and months. So it's just this really hardy spinach, wintertime spinach. So. So spinach and other other fermented, or other organic greens, uh, and then I'll, I'll have different sprouts: uh, lentil sprouts, chickpea sprouts, mung bean sprouts, broccoli sprouts. Which, by the way, broccoli sprouts are like the healthiest thing you can put in your body, uh, because they have something in them called sulforaphane, uh, and sulforaphane helps your body convert vitamin the sunlight into vitamin D. So most of us are chronically deficient in vitamin D, the good kind of vitamin D that you get from the sun. And uh, this is this is one of the ingredients that you need to do that. So bro- it's got it'll have broccoli sprouts. It's going to have it's going to have kimchi. It's going to have sauerkraut. It's going to have a sriracha sauce. It, it, it'll have uh, some uh, some tempeh, which is fermented soy. It'll have to it has to be organic, by the way, if you have uh, soy. 
<clears throat> and it has to be fermented. So it's, fer- so it's tempeh. It's going to have the nutritional yeast. Uh, I'll, put, I'll use some flaxseed oil or chia seed oil, maybe some chia seeds, a little bit of balsamic vinegar. And uh, that's a really, really satisfying salad. Oh, yeah, and some, maybe some mushrooms, peppers, onions, uh, cucumbers, tomatoes, whatever we have. And uh, that's just that you feel and, and big, you know, like the size of a salad bowl that, you know, if, when you feed a family of four, selling, it's a big portion. And it just it goes down really, really well. And you just feel good and you don't feel tired afterwards. And your stomach doesn't hurt afterwards. It's just you just feel like you're really, really energizing your body. And, and, and what's cool is to go down this road and experiment it doesn't mean that's all you ever eat. Right. So you want McDonald's drive through, eat it. You're not going to want it, though, if you do this. So focus on adding these things and experimenting with it, and your body mutates. It changes, you know? Yeah, it really does. And you describing that salad is making my mouth water. It sounds yeah. really good. Uh, cool. Yeah. Just um, okay. Yeah. 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 Um, another question just came in from Mary. Uh, she says, yeah. I can't seem to shake my high stress levels. After years of crisis, sure. my body is stuck in that pattern of high anxiety. Do you think yeah. being on anti-anxiety medication for a while is an option? Just wonder if I can, if it can get me over the hurdle. Yeah, well, uh, that, that's a question for you and your doctors because uh, it's, that's, a, that's a medical question. Uh, so I, I can't give you an answer that's a medical answer. Uh, and, and any answer that I give you, you would have to just discount it based on whatever your, your doctors say. Uh, but the non-medical, non, non-professional doctor thing that I would say is uh, that you are uh, bargaining with the devil when you, when you go down that road because you uh, <clears throat> often can't, you know, just a, it's one of those things where it's very, they're very, very hard to get off of. And they don't. And while they may appease the symptoms, they don't address the issues. Um, so it's a it's a slippery slope, uh, and, and it is necessary sometimes. There's no question about it. And I'm not giving you medical advice. And your doctor says that that's the road to take, and take it. But it is a slippery slope. Um, I would say that this idea that you're stuck is a really interesting concept, and I'll tell you why. Because our brains have, have uh, habits and patterns. One of the reasons why we fall into habits all the time is because our, the way our brain, can, our, the way our, our neurons interact is in a habit type of way. The more, the more a group of neurons interact, that's called a neural pathway or a neural network, the more it gets fired, the more it continues to get fired until that's the only pathway that's, that, that you're going to go down in that range of choices. An analogy is if you were walking through the woods every day, uh, eventually you'd form a path, and eventually the path would be so trodden that you wouldn't even think of going off of that tr- path. You're stuck on that path. That's the only way. It's just too much energy and effort to go anywhere else. And, th- and so we find ourselves stuck in patterns. So you're at, the mo- at the moment you're stuck, as you said, and, and, it's, a, and it's literal, actually. I, I, I agree with you. I understand what you're saying. You're stuck in this pattern. But... Uh, visualization and meditation has been shown to create other pathways in other parts of the brain. So what happens when you do meditation on a daily basis and the visualizations that we do are a type of meditation. So what happens when you do meditation on a daily basis is is it starts inhibiting the signals that cause anxiety. So the signals that cause anxiety come from a part of our brain called the limbic area, 
uh, which which uh, which um, is like an almond shaped. Uh, well, it's part of your brain is called the amygdala, which is an almond shaped area in your amyg- in your limbic area, which is your emotional area. Uh, so that's so you've got this pathway where you're stuck. You're kind of stuck in that, right? So when you meditate, it actually inhibits signals to and from the amygdala. So it's almost like what happens is that it blo- blocks the pathway. It's like the, the pathway in the woods has been blocked. And then it activates areas in your brain that are in charge of feeling connected and centered and in control and relaxed and holistic and present. And so what happens is you get stuck, but in a good way, in the other areas, the areas of feeling present and creative and holistic and, and intuitive and connected. So you want, so you can actually reaccess that. It's not a quick fix. It's not a pill. It's not overnight. It happens over time, but it happens from consistency. You got to do it every day. So that's why I want you to listen to visualization every day or do a meditation every day. So if you give yourself a little bit of time to uh, practice meditation every day, also having omega threes helps helps uh, brain chemistry, and so does probiotics, digestive enzymes, and healing the digestion. Because a lot of the brain chemistry is controlled by, your, by the neurons in your intestines uh, that also produce neurotransmitters and neurochemicals. Uh, so that combination of having more omega-3s, healing your digestion, and doing more meditation works wonders for getting you unstuck and, really, and, and solving the root pro- cause of the problem. And then, of, of course, also working through emotional issues because sometimes it's the emotional issues that keep us stuck in that. So unresolved emotional issues need to be worked out. Pretty much everything we talk about in the Gabriel Method will help unstick you. So go down this road, continue going down this road so that you can get unstuck and, you can, and then you can uh, get to a place where you're not in this, in this place of anxiety anymore. Uh, if you have to go on your anti-anxiety medication, that's between you and your doctor, and that's fine. Uh, if you feel that it's not 100% necessary and, you, and, and your doctor feels that way, uh, most importantly, and, and you want to go down this road of taking a more holistic approach, uh, it's, it's just one of the greatest things you can do. But it's a juggling act, and, uh, and you, if you, you, know, you have to kind of go moment by moment with it. But be aware that there are real solutions, and, uh, and, the, and pretty much everything we talk about in this course is, in one way or another, uh, gear, helping to uh, steer you into those places of solution. Does that make sense, Nadia? Yep, yeah, it does. Thanks, John. I might. We have a caller, uh, Jane from California. I might just take her, and then if we have some time, I'll I'll come back uh, and answer some more questions. Okay, perfect. Thanks. Hello, hi, Jane. John. Jane. Yes. Hi, Jane. Hi there. Hi. Um, first, thank you so much for how the what you've integrated here. It's just extraordinary. Really extraordinary, cool. and uh, I'm benefiting that. tremendously. Yeah. Excellent. So you've kind of been answering some of my questions as I'm listening. It may be, I'll yeah. tell you what my questions are. It may just be about more mm-hmm. time, consistency, yeah. persevering, you know? Yeah. So yeah. Um, sometimes I'll wake up in the morning, and I do, I do Qigong, and uh-huh. um, my digestion, it's not, things aren't moving, and I, um, yeah. so I'm you know, not having a bowel movement, and I just... Uh-huh. My pattern was to eat when I because I felt like I needed to do something. You yeah. know, it isn't yeah. it's not like a like a 
intellectually smart thing. I'm just saying what would happen, right? Um, yeah. And and then I would get more nauseous. And I am doing a lot of what you're talking about. Um, I see changes um, internally, especially around the safe, protected, um, yeah. strong. Um, I'm in the kitchen. I didn't go near the kitchen before. I'm cooking. I'm sending my friends and family pictures, and they're saying, who's that cooking? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, things are changing. Um, yeah. And, um, I mean, I'm, I'm on Instagram. I'm now being connected to nutritionists. It's amazing nice. who are following me. Um, uh-huh. But so, so one thing is – you know, this whole thing about digestion. And I, even a year ago, yeah. I was in India. I did Panchakarma for six weeks, um, yeah. you know, and I really thought it would shift. And um, yeah. so one is the digestion thing, and the other is brain chemistry. So yeah. sometimes, you know, if I'm eating a lot of salads or coffee or, or something, or maybe even not food-related, but it probably is, um, I could just see, feel it, like my brain energy is going down, and it feels like it needs some nutrients. I don't know what they are, but I could feel it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was wondering what your thoughts are. I mean, I just heard what you said in terms of the brain chemistry controlled by the gut, omega threes, yeah. probiotics, meditation, visualization. Yeah, it's interesting, right? right? Yeah. So yeah, there's obviously a gut. There's obviously a gut issue, and I want to talk about that in a second. But before we do, uh, even though you didn't talk too much about it, I just feel intuitively. Uh, inclined to talk about some of the emotional uh, work that could benefit you uh, and the the possibility of working through some past emotional issues. We, you know, you don't get through life. None of us get through life unscathed, you know, and we all have emotional trauma from from our past. And uh, something about just as you were talking, it just, I was kind of prompted to to talk about this and, and say that, uh, I feel that you're going to get that there's going to be that focusing in the avenue of, of having a, an emotional breakthrough uh, of whatever issues. And it could be issues that you maybe feel like you've you know, worked through or maybe not. I don't know. Uh, I feel like they're going to help you. OK, and this is what this is what's coming to me even more so. OK, so. Um, OK, I'm going to I'll give you my own personal actually use an experience from my life. So. Uh, when I was when I was very young, I was six years old. <clears throat> my sister died, and uh, and I suffered from um, constipation for several years after that. Uh, there were times when I would go I would go weeks at a time without going to the bathroom, and uh, and and it was like I was holding on. You know, do, do, do you understand? It was like I was just I was just mm-hmm. holding on, and. Eventually, I guess it went away. I worked through it. Life went on. I don't know what it all went away, but but uh, but it, but while I was in the throes of it, it was it was holding everything. You know, nothing was coming out. I was just holding, holding on. I went to it six weeks without going to the bathroom. It was, it was uh, my dad thought we was going to have I'd have to have an operation. It was, it was really it was really serious. But uh, but somehow, as soon as you started talking about your digestion. And yeah, you know, you just said you punch your karma, uh, so you obviously are really serious that it, it might not just it might not just be the physical things that are going to help your digestion. Everything's so interrelated mm-hmm. in our mind and our body that there might be something uh, that that needs to let go, uh, release. Uh, these are the words that are coming: let go, release, move on past. You know, mm-hmm. something something down that road. 
that I feel like you could have this breakthrough and just it's all just flowing. Mm-hmm. Does, that, mm-hmm. does that make sense? So, yeah, totally. Um, I mean, I don't okay. connect to what it is specifically, but I, I connect to yeah. what you're saying. Um, yeah. So I have... Well, here, here's a question for you. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, so, uh, like, can you remember, like, how long this has been going on and when it, when it first happened? Well, I would say over a period of five years, um, okay. four or five years, I have odd things have shown up health-wise, physically. Um, yeah. You know, it's gone from one thing to another to another. In terms okay. of um, the digestion, it's been about three years. Let's t- so five years ago, what was going on in your life? Uh, was there anything specific that had just happened or was happening? Or, or were there well, some changes? Um, okay. Well, what happened was 10 years ago, I was ready for a sabbatical. And um, uh-huh. my husband and I moved from New York to California, and everything I was going through menopause, everything was screaming inside me to go quiet, go inside, yeah. um, step back. And everything in my life was calling me to go out. Like I had to restaff up, I had to get a new office, I had to. Um, and so I could feel it, like everything, what I was having to do in my physical life was against what was being called internally. But I didn't have a choice. I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't see how else to handle it. So, um, so I would say probably some resentment and anger through that process and trying to work with that. And, uh, and that, was ten, that was ago, 10 years ago. Yeah. yeah, go ahead. That was about 10 years ago. And, and yeah. then... Five years ago, we moved to another place in California, which is actually where I wanted to live. And uh-huh. um, and I think so. I had to restaff up again, <laughs> get an office again. Um, uh-huh. And I just think that I was just really, really tired, you know, really tired. Um, and then and then. Two years ago, I finally was able to get the sabbatical. I, ha- I have my own business. I was able to turn everything over to my partner. Yeah. She had to. Her kids had to get older. Um, so I went yeah. on sabbatical like two years ago. And then, mm-hmm. but, but things health-wise kept getting worse leading up to that, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, uh, and it's almost like through the sabbatical, then more of it showed up. I just, okay, so there's something about, for me, you moving five years ago that just needs to be looked at. I just feel like maybe, you know, tomorrow you'll go, oh, yeah, something, just something something related to it. I know that you're, you're saying it's a good move, it's what you wanted, but there's some, there's, to me there's something about that move that, that's worth looking at. Uh, and okay. just to see if there's some, something that comes up, uh, especially something emotional. I don't know what, mm-hmm. something how, like how, you, you know, between you or maybe in your relationships or, um, mm-hmm. or in your work, but, but there was something, I mean, like, what, what was the reason that you moved? Um, well, I really, we really wanted to live in this town where we're living and it was calling me. I mean, mm-hmm. I would be in meditation okay. and I would be yeah. drawn. So like, you know, go yeah. there. <laughs> Um, yeah. so, and you know what happened? It was really, really odd. Um, actually we had, um, we had an apartment which we were going to have for a year 
and we got and the apartment was ready before my office. We went down temporarily, start moving things in. It was um, below two. It was in the middle of two floors. It was too noisy. We knew it wouldn't work, and we um, so we had to get out of that lease. Couldn't f- and find a place. Um, normally, my husband and I are very in sync. We'll we'll walk into a place and we'll go, yeah, this mm. is it. And I'd walk into a place and I would say, oh, this might work, and he'd go, not for me. And then we walk into a place and he go, yeah, this will work. And I'm like, not for me. And we're looking at you like, wow, that's really odd. And then we ended up living with a friend for a year um, mm. in her 4,000 square foot house with her two kids. She had just gone in a divorce. And uh, it was great for a year. We lived with them and we were like a family. Um, but it was like totally unexpected. Um, Mm -hmm. it was great for me because it decreased my responsibilities tremendously. I, I, uh, because I'm one who kind of handles the money in our family and I basically had one pay one check. (laughs) So it decreased my responsibilities, but that's, that's what happened five years ago Mm -hmm. outside on the outside. Yeah. On the outside. I I just want you to have a think about it. That's all. Just, uh, just whatever, just trying to piece Maybe in your meditations tonight or tomorrow, uh, just uh, do a timeline from 10 years ago, five years ago, and just walk through and see if anything, anything comes up to, at you. Okay. Great. May, and do you, you get may, a hit? In, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Do you get a hit in terms of like mm, besides meditation or visualization, some what form? Like I've started to work with EFT a little bit. Um, yeah, does anything come I, I, to you in terms of a well, form? No, I just feel like there's going to be like a light bulb moment for you, and that's going to help resolve things. Just bringing awareness okay. to a situation. Yeah, I feel like there's something. Okay. That that's just you know, I just had to mention that. Uh, I, I you know, aside from that, you know, doing things like a detox or colonics or things to heal your digestion would be would be really great for you, but. I, I just, it's just kind of overriding. So I had to say something. I just feel like something's going to yeah. make sense to you. Uh, you know, maybe somebody died, maybe it was a distant relative, but maybe it, you know, so it wasn't hugely traumatic, but there was an effect There's somebody you were connected to. Um, oh yes. You know, yes. My best friend died. <laughs> okay. Right. I, I yeah. forgot. So yeah. Yeah. And when, when did that happen? November 2012. Yeah, five years, five, yeah. Yeah, that's what this is. That's what this is all about. You're very, 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 you maybe let her go or, you know, something you guys come to some place and understand you love each other and you'll see each other at some point. But right now you got to, she's got to have her journey and you're going to have yours. And, yeah. Wow. Totally forgot. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Cool. So yeah, just spend some Thank time you. with that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. Thanks right. a lot. My pleasure. Cool. Uh, okay, so uh, you know what? We're we're almost out of time, but we will take uh, one other caller. 
Chianti from Australia. Hi, John. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Thank you. Just wondering about um, overeating. So I've been morbidly obese as a kid. And for the last, I go up and down pretty much my entire life. But I, um, I've, in the last couple of months, I did a water fast and then I've been eating organic since January and doing, yeah. you know, taking the enzymes, the probiotics and everything like that. Yeah. I've only just started to recently feel full, but I still, yeah. Um, yeah. I overeat. I, if yeah. I start to eat, I kind of, I don't always stop. And right. I'm trying to work out the, you know, fasting and and when to stop eating and when to stop. But yeah. I'm not, sorry, when to start and well, all well, of that stuff. And if sure. you exercise, what to do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well just let, let's just talk about that for a second. Yep. Let, let, let's just talk about the concept of, of eating and why we eat, when we're hungry, and why we stop eating. It's a really important concept, uh, and it affects all of us. And I'll explain how it, uh, it affects us and specifically how it may be affecting you. So, uh, so, so um, We've got, in the beginning of this conversation, in the beginning of this class, I, I just brought up this idea of your body's set point, uh, you know, the, the weight your body wants to be, <clears throat> to be. Were you here in the beginning of the, of the class, the beginning, the beginning of the call? I actually... It's okay. Um, no, it's not. Uh, all right. You're not, you know, I'm not saying... Uh, <laughs> you don't have to go to the back of the class now. <clears throat> for, uh, you're not in trouble. But... I talked about I talked about this concept of the set point, you know, which is the weight your body wants to be. Whatever the weight is, if you're below the set point, your body's going to want to eat and eat, and if you're above the set point, your body's not uh, not going to want to eat as much. But it's it's controlled by a hormone called leptin, and uh, and what happens is when we're under some sort of chronic stress, uh, whether you know whether it's a mental stress, or, you know, just managing a household or trying to make ends meet, or emotional trauma or, you know, digestion or all these other things. They're all different forms of chronic stresses. When we're under chronic stress, what happens is that our brain stops listening to this hormone called leptin. Uh, We become something called leptin resistant. So so what's important about that is when your brain stops listening to the hormone leptin, it, it ignores the signals from your stomach that say that you're full. That's one of the things that happens because leptin as a hormone communicates to your body to not eat that much or that you're, or that you're satiated. And there's a couple other hormones involved, but, but your brain ignores them. So when you're in this place where you can't stop, and then the only time you can stop is when your stomach's stuffed. And I've been in this place, you know, where the only time you can stop is you can't eat anymore. You've stuffed yourself. And then your stomach stretches and you can eat a little bit more next time. And so it's a vicious place to be in. While you're focusing on it in terms of doing, uh, from the eating perspective of it, doesn't necessarily address the chronic stress that's causing your body, your your brain to stop listening to your stomach. And so, so even though you want to control the situation through eating and you want to, and through behavior modification, and it's great to to move in that direction, what I want you to be aware of is that the problem may be coming from some other stress. Like, you know, you have three kids and, you, you know, you got to get them all to school or you're at a job and, you know, you're on, on, on go all the time or something else. But, but my guess is there's probably a lot of stress in your life. I don't know your situation, but uh, I feel like as I'm talking to you that stress is actually the thing that needs to be addressed 
even though you're kind of focused on the food side of things, if it's actually by focusing on stress reduction, like getting a massage, for example, might do more for you than any type of detox or, you know, fasting or anything else, because that's going to lower your stress level and then you're not going to be hungry and or when you eat you're not as going to be as hungry does, does that make sense it does how do you stop stress so in because life kind of happens how would right. you life happens stop so there's two right so life, life happens right so there's two components to stress there's life happening and, and then there's your hormonal reaction to what happens in your life those are two different types of those are two different things uh so we so we can't always control what, what happens in our life but what happens through daily practices of visualization and meditation is we react differently hormonally to the situation. We feel more relaxed. We feel more secure. We don't, we're not obsessed. We're not stuck in that place of anxiety anymore. Uh, and that happens over time through daily practice of visualization and meditation. And, and here's the problem, and this is why, why it's a really important question that you have that I think speaks to everybody. And that is that you want to focus on the food because that's what's in your face saying that there's a problem. And the visualization is not like a pill. It's not a quick fix. It's not like taking a Tylenol. It's not immediate, uh, but it is the answer. So what you need to do is as soon as you wake up every morning, this is from like the beginning of the, from day one of the classes, whatever, you, you press play and you let that visualization happen. Eventually you get into the habit of, of doing, of doing the visualizations. You learn how to do it on your own and that becomes a meditation and that takes on a life of its own. And, and the stresses in your life don't affect you the same way. And when the stresses in your life don't affect you the same way, your brain is able to listen to your stomach when you're full and you don't eat as much. And then it all comes together. So it's not, it's not an instant fix. It's not a direct path. It's not an obvious path, but it's a permanent solution. Do you understand? Yeah, I do. So that's why I want you to, yeah, that's why I want you to focus on that. So just make it a habit every single morning, press play while you're lying in bed or sitting up or whatever. And then eventually, uh, as we'll talk about next week, you'll learn how to do it on your own. And, uh, and it'll, be, it'll be just a part of your morning practice and you'll visualize your life happening in beautiful ways. And you'll find that not only will you be less stressed out when things don't go well, but you you visualizing things working out and, and feel, imagining things working out actually helps things work out too. So you get to work from both sides to reduce stress. You get to have an influence on the outside world and the inside world at the same time, which is really cool. Perfect. Thank you very much for taking awesome. my call. My pleasure. Cheers, John. Bye. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Cool. All right. Thanks everyone. Great questions. Great calls. Really cool class. And, uh, and next Next week, uh, which is going to be in five days from now, uh, we are going to be talking much more about the mind-body connection. We've talked a lot. You can see how uh, we've had callers talk about digestion issues and they can't stop eating, but that, that actually they're related to other areas of our lives, our emotional life, our <clears throat> spiritual life, our, our mental life. <clears throat> so the mind-body connection, is, is that's where the juice is. That's where the solutions are, the real permanent lasting solution. So what we're going to talk about in the next class is deepening the mind-body connection and giving you tools going forward so that you can continue to deepen and deepen the mind-body connection so that you can heal yourself, lose weight, uh, and, and, and achieve your desired results in other areas of your life. 
making by making your mind more and more powerful, your ability to visualize and concentrate more and more powerful, and uh, and and by uh, doing all these things to reduce stress and work through emotional issues. So that's what we're going to be talking about uh, next week, and that really brings it all together. So be sure and uh, and uh, stay tuned for that class. Uh, in the meantime, reach out to us in the members area if you have any questions, and uh, have a great uh, have a great couple of days. Take care. Thanks for joining me on this Ask John Call-In Day. For any questions I was unable to get to in this call, I'll post my written responses in the forum for your reference. I appreciate you taking time to join me here, and I look forward to connecting again with you soon. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.